This is Most of Musa podcast number 10. Today in the studio, I have Eric of Clint. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. Um, so I wanted to get started with your childhood. Did you grow up here in Sweden? Yes, I'm born in Stockholm. I'm very much Swedish. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents, grandparents, relatives back to the 1500s. We've traced them. So as Swedish as you can get, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Your English is quite good. <laughs> Thank you. Um did you grow up in a religious environment? Your was your family uh, religious? My my grandma, she um, she liked going to church and she would see to it that everyone in the family got their children baptized when they were small. But uh, we were not uh, religious. Mm-hmm. My parents did not believe in God really. Nothing like that. I did go through confirmation. Uh but that was just like everybody. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean much. Yeah. Oh, like growing up, did you consider yourself uh, a Christian or would you if someone asked you what's your religion, would, would you say you're an atheist or what would you label yourself as? Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't uh, consider I I thought I believe that I could not answer the question if it would ask uh, just bluntly like that. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I would be too honest to say uh, that I was a Christian. because I knew I did not go to church I didn't believe or it was just something that grandma did yeah and at what age did did you become did you start believing in god and jesus um yeah this was at uh, 21 I was 21 years old and um 20 yeah 21 22 yeah 22 yeah I would say 22 mm-hmm. and This is obviously a big decision to adopt a completely new religion or I mean your family was kind of a Christian but like not really practicing but now you're like a really firm believer. Mm-hmm. What was the journey or what led you to that point to make that decision? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. You know I asked uh, I asked my father, why do we go to church uh and we went to church as a family three times a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we would go Uh, first advent which is the beginning of december and then on christmas and then easter mm-hmm. so three times a year so i asked him so why do you, why do we go to church because we don't go to church the other sundays mm-hmm. <laughs> so why not and then uh, my dad said well we do it because we've always done it mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so it was not something we thought about But when I was in my late teens and early 20s I started to think and of course in school you you go to philosophy class mm-hmm. uh, religion class and you start to think I was very much into natural sciences so it wasn't the, my highest priority but it was interesting uh, but then I started me- started to study medicine uh, and when I was studying medicine they said to us in the first lecture that you know half of the medicines that you're prescribing will never be taken and i'm like what <laughs> i'm trying to cure people here and they're saying that people don't want to be cured <laughs> and so that was interesting uh and then later i started to meditate on that and thought that okay what about you know people even if i do uh cure someone uh that's basically maybe cancer maybe infectious disease or maybe an orthopedic they can cure but most doctors actually don't cure they treat mm-hmm. which is of course good too what's the difference well let's say that you have high blood pressure or diabetes 
you cannot cure it. You you treat it. Mm. So many people will have medications and yeah. You, um, is the difference like curing is completely solving it while treating yeah. is kind of minimizing it? Yeah, you can say that. Mm. Yeah, you carry the uh, whatever you have with you in life and then you have to treat it so it doesn't take over. Okay. Like being a constant diet if you're overweight or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I understand. So, uh, and then, you know, I understood that people, even if you do cure them, then they're going to get uh, sick anyway, later. Mm-hmm. And eventually we're all going to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's the point of being a doctor <laughs> if everyone's going to die anyway? Yeah. <laughs> and so those kind of thoughts started to grow on me. And I understood that uh, they became quite, uh, yeah, quite important. I was, so I thought this is not good for me to study medicine and at the same time doubting why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I love science, I love medicine, but, but these uh, thoughts uh, were, were coming. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, I'll better take a year off and just uh, travel, uh, read a lot, and see, is it possible to find the meaning of life, if there is one? Is it possible to find it? Because then I would like to find it when I'm young and not when I'm old, because then it would be too late. Yeah. I want to find it now, when I'm young. So, mm-hmm. so I decided to work a little bit, li- read some books, and, uh, and then travel the world. Uh, and I, I did, when I was 21, 22. I went to Australia, New Zealand with friends and uh, then back alone through Thailand, Nepal and India. And I met the Tibetan Buddhists and uh, learned about uh, their, um, uh, their way of Buddhism. And uh, it was very interesting. In the end, I decided that uh, it wasn't for me and uh, I came back to Sweden. During that time, I, I had this idea that if there is a meaning of life, it has to, uh, you know, follow some criteria. So I made up some criteria for finding the meaning of life so that if I found it, I would know it was it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I didn't like Christianity. Why? Because of all the hypocrisy. Uh, and uh, so... Uh, um, uh, Sorry to I, cut you off, but a lot of people, like, Buddhism is, like, the most attractive religion for I them. I was also attracted to Buddhism. What was the thing that you didn't like? Well, let's say that, uh, you know, Christianity, because of rules and, and uh, religion and uh, hypocrisy, so that was out. Um, and so I didn't believe in, in a god. Mm-hmm. I became an atheist at that time. And then I was very much into the Eastern philosophies and religions. And I did study Vedas and Upanishads a little bit and Bhagavad Gita, I read that. So that's Hindu yeah. scriptures. And and um, uh, and then, of course, the, the Buddhist teachings uh, were very interesting. But then on my journey, it didn't make sense in the end. Okay. And then you came back to Sweden and then you made this criteria. Yeah, yeah, the criteria. I never said what the criteria were. But the, so on my journey out, <laughs> I was out for five months traveling. And the criteria were quite simple. If uh, uh, I knew that you could not find the meaning of life inside yourself. So looking inside was not the answer. Why? Because you would only find more of yourself there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and I was actually trying to escape myself. No, I don't have the answer. That's why I'm looking. So I'm not going to look inside. I'm 
I know what I've done. I'm not, you know, the perfect person. So what will I find there? I wouldn't even know what good or bad it is because mm -hmm. how can I know? I'm tainted now by my decisions in life and the evil I have done. Mm. So no, I, I have to look outside of myself. Uh, and so that's why I started to read books and talk to people. And, um, um, and so the criteria was like, okay, if there is a meaning of life, it should be applicable to every person, whether you're rich or, or poor or young or old or male and female or sick or healthy. You should always be able to live it or have it. Um, so it can't be different than that. And then also another criteria was that if you, if you don't have it, you can have everything else in life, but you will not be complete because you're missing something, the essential ingredient. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you're, you're missing the ingredient there. Uh, but if you have it and you don't have everything else, you're still okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so those were the criteria that mm -hmm. I drew up mm -hmm. for myself. Mm. That's really interesting. And people in that age, in the early 20s or stuff, they're more looking into like the societal expectations of you need to get a career, you need to get a job, money and things and materialistic things. And it's very rare that a person would start thinking about those deeper questions about what's my purpose in life? Or why was I put here? What's the meaning of life? Yeah. And I mean, it's easier now to just uh, in this present day just google these different religions and watch youtube videos while back in the day you took the step further to like actually travel around mm -hmm. the world to different countries and try mm -hmm. to find and made this criteria for yourself and i agree that the one major thing that you have that if you have everything in life and you don't have that meaning then life is meaningless it's like you're running in a race mm -hmm. but you don't have finish line so uh, yeah it makes sense yeah, no, no, uh, you know exactly what I mean. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> I'm funny. Try I'm trying to understand. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so what's next? You made the criteria. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I did go to India and to Dharamsala, where the Dalai Lama is, and mm -hmm. I had a, a Tibetan course there in, uh, in Tibetan Buddhism for 10 days. It was very interesting fascinating uh, but was it the meaning of life and I would say no I landed in that it was uh, uh, human wisdom but but uh, it didn't go beyond and um, then I came back and I sort of gave up on my uh, my quest and I started studying again but then in my class uh, was a Christian and and he just said uh, to me that okay but Eric uh, do you want to give God a chance and I knew that I, I had started reading the Bible when I was a child, but it, uh, after a few chapters, these name lists, it became boring very quickly. Mm -hmm. So what you don't understand becomes boring. So I stopped. And uh, so I made two attempts, but here was this man, uh, and he was also a medical student, and so he, uh, he invited me to, to study the Bible. And uh, I thought it was kind of good, because I knew I'd never given God a chance. I just decided he didn't exist. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I knew I hadn't really. I was, I'd done confirmation, but it wasn't, it was nothing. We didn't open the Bible. It mm -hmm. was like a uh, formality. Social experiment, maybe, mm -hmm. for young people. But um, we were, uh, yeah, at that time I was uh, maybe 15, and we were out in an island in the archipelago, 
uh, and living there without um, electricity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was interesting. There were maybe sixty uh, young uh, men and women, and you know what happens when you put young men and women together. <laughs> Partying. <laughs> let's, let's say that things happen that were not intended yeah, yeah. to happen. But What's, what happens on the island stays on the island. Yeah, maybe like that. <laughs> yes, I think so. That's oh. exactly it. And uh, uh, so I, I knew I had never really gone into Christianity. And so here I was after my my sort of journey. And so he said, and so, oh, well, do you want to come? And I said, okay. Show me what you have. You know, you are a Christian, so tell me why I should believe. Because you believe. Obviously, I don't, so tell me. You tell me. And then his, his answer was uh, quite smart. He, he said, well, it doesn't matter what I say, he said. Uh, let's go and see what Jesus says, because Jesus is the one that starts Christianity. So that makes a lot of sense. So I'm, anyway, I'm not really interested in what people have to say. I want to know like the truth. Yeah. So if there is such a truth, um, is it possible? And and here we are, two thousand years after him, and people still talk about him. So why not? So we started studying the Bible, and uh, I was amazed. I'd never seen uh, this kind of wisdom, and it it was like it spoke to me. Mm-hmm. It was. It was not just talking about the world. It spoke to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I was uh, very much uh, inspired. So this time when you were reading the Bible, was there someone, like a teacher or someone who was also, like, explaining it to you what the Bible meant, what the verses meant? Because you need, like, the context and the kind of the story around it yeah. as well. No, that's very smart. Uh, when I was young, I did read it on myself, by myself. But but here, um, uh, so my friend uh, Clemens, uh, he uh, he was studying, but also some other friends from the church. They also uh, joined in and studied, uh, and everyone brought their own wisdom. And soon, it's like a puzzle, you know. If you have a big jigsaw puzzle, mm-hmm. 500 pieces, 5,000 pieces, what do you do? You, you try and find the corners and then mm-hmm. the sides and then you start to get some kind of... But it's when you have the small piece, you cannot see where it belongs. Yeah. And so uh, and this uh, journey of putting that piece t- uh, together, that puzzle together, mm-hmm. I'm still on that journey. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the picture is not totally clear. It's, I see it, but... It's still, every piece is not there. So it's, I'm still looking, I'm still seeking. Um, and, uh, but uh, as with everything, you need, you need uh, teachers, uh, people who have gone through the same thing that you're doing, uh, who, uh, who have experience, have knowledge. Uh, and that's why we go to school, right? Mm-hmm. Because teachers, math, physics, yeah, yeah, yeah. English, they've done it, they've been there. You know, mm-hmm. what is important? What is just a detail? And if you get stuck on a detail, mm, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you will take off in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to have teachers, I believe. And uh, what was inspiring was that uh, they not only taught the, the theory, they also taught the practice. Mm-hmm. So if, if you, it doesn't change your life, what, what good is it? Mm-hmm. What's the meaning? What's the purpose mm-hmm. if it doesn't change you as a person? But, um, yeah. That reminds me of a saying that uh, human beings 
have a pixel and God has the whole picture. Yes, yes, mm. yeah. Mm. That's a good saying, and, mm. and uh, that's exactly what I, what I see. Yeah. I really believe what you said that we don't have to just read the teachings, you have to practice it and practice it. Mm. And then the best way, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, it's in Islam or maybe I just heard it somewhere, that the best way to convert someone is not to tell them, but to show them by your behavior. If, some, if I'm a good Muslim and I'm, or if you're a good Christian and you're, you're telling the truth and you're like being very disciplined and you're kind and you're doing charity and another person who is outside of this religion, he will say, okay, why is that person like that? Mm. And then, then they will come to a realization, okay, this person, all of this behavior is because of their, uh, like the, the things, their principles are adopted from religion. So yeah. that's the best way mm. to, sh to bring in followers is through behavior. If you don't behave correctly, you will immediately be a hypocrite and everyone sees that. Mm. That is true. So without behavior, you cannot change anyone. <laughs> Uh, however, you also need the words because the words tell you the reason why. And somebody may, may um, have, a, from an outward appearance, a very noble and kind life. But if you don't know why, mm. then it doesn't really change you. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, and and uh, we are, there has to be, the reason why is, uh, is super important. Mm. Doctrine is uh, also very important. I, I, there was uh, this image, uh, maybe you heard it, uh, like an airplane, uh, life and doctrine. So which uh, which wing is more important? Uh -huh, okay. So if you take one out, uh, yeah. you will crash. Yeah, you need a good balance of both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, statistically proven or not, but what I've observed is that people who come into religion later in life are more firm believers than if someone who grew up in the religious environment. Mm. For example, uh, like a personal example, when I was growing up in Pakistan, it's an Islamic country, everyone is a Muslim, and we're following the traditions and the cultures. Mm. And I grew up actually like in a religious school for like seven, eight years. I only studied like religion and the Quran. Mm. But the way we were taught was just learn the Arabic, like I could read the Arabic, like the whole Quran, mm -hmm. you could open up, pick wow. up a word, and wow. I would start reading the word like I had memorized it all. Wow. But then the thing was, I had no clue what any word meant. <laughs> it was just Arabic. Yeah, yeah. I just memorized the mm. thing, but I didn't understand anything. And what was your natural language or your mother? Urdu. Urdu. It's called Urdu. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So, and that's like a, that's not just a Pakistani thing. That's around the whole Muslim world. If you're like a non-Arabic speaking country, mm. like people would read the Quran just as a prayer or just like the thing just, I mean, it is good by just reading it, but you, if you don't understand the user manual, how are you going to follow the instructions? You know, Europe was the same. Uh, we had uh, the Bible uh, from Greek to Latin, and then it was Latin for a thousand years. Mm. And people did not understand Latin, uh, but it was in the mass every time. And it was not allowed to to uh, translate. And then, of course, the Reformation happened, and it did. And now you have Bible in every language. Mm. Um, but we we have the same history actually yeah, yeah, yeah. for a thousand years. 
and so later in life um, I started the normal school and then I came to, when I came to Sweden I wasn't as much attached to my religion as I was before mm. and then because you don't question your religion in an environment when nobody is questioning your religion around you're just following it mm. just for the sake of it but when I came here and then people from different religious backgrounds or people who are atheists my friends and classmates if I'm not drinking alcohol or if I'm only eating halal meat then they're questioning me hey why do you do that why are you not doing it then I don't know the answers so <laughs> I'm following something I'm making decisions which I don't know the reason behind like you said you need the words to give the reason yeah then I look started looking into religious mm. uh, like different religions and started looking into more Islam understanding the Quran and everything mm. and now I'm I think now that I understand more as as I grow and learn more I my I become more firm in my belief like I'm the strongest in my belief in Islam right now because I actually understand what it is about mm. and one thing that I really like about your church and the practices is that Uh, you don't follow like a pope or something like that. You, whenever I ask my friend a question, who, like who's in your church, like even like you and other people from your like church, you always give the res- reference from the Bible. You say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, it's mm-hmm. not my opinion, it's not mm-hmm. my understanding. Let's go back to the Bible and see what Jesus or what the actual word mm-hmm. or what the actual teaching was. That's mm-hmm. that's what I really like. Yeah. No, I think uh, you struck on something important. Uh, can I share a little uh, Bible verse at yeah, this sure, point? Yeah, sure, go ahead. <coughs> um, there is, um, uh, when you look at life, I think we, we all, I knew I was missing something. It was like a hole in my soul. Mm-hmm. I knew it was something, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, then later, I, I, I did understand what it was. Um, but here is a... a, a a verse I, I will say that this is the verse that made me Christian mm-hmm. so I just wanted to share that yeah and it's in Luke uh, chapter 9 verse 23 I'll just put on my glasses here so I can actually read it and then this is Jesus um, uh, teaching his disciples and he said to them all if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. So what he's saying here is if you want to save your life, you will lose it. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? But then in verse 25, it says, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? I think that ties into my, my, uh, my own uh, definition of, of the meaning of life. If you have everything in the world, if you become the president or, or if you become the king or the head of the company, but you don't have the meaning of life, what is life then? So what does it matter? You just chase the wind, sort of. Um, but the, the first uh, thing he says is, if anyone would come after me, okay, so if you want, he must deny himself 
and take up his cross daily and follow me. So Jesus says here that if you want to be a Christian, you have to follow Jesus. You cannot just go to church. No, you have to follow Jesus. <laughs> and it means to deny yourself. But isn't the, this world, isn't that opposite of that? Are we not trying to fulfill ourselves all the time? I want my 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 coffee when I want it. I want my uh, chips and my mm. Netflix film mm. when I want it. But Jesus says, no, actually not. Your full life is when you start to deny yourself. And it struck me already then at 22 that denying of self is is what it is to love. So you start by denying yourself for the sake of someone else. Mm. I can if I'm selfish then I cannot love. I was a very selfish person. <laughs> Extremely selfish. And also very proud because I thought I was always right. And I thought I, I love to argue with people for different things and, and reason. But it was more about being right than being correct, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so, um, so Jesus, uh, he, he basically said to me, that if I wanted to live true life, then I would have to start by denying myself and follow someone, follow him, in fact. Um, and the other uh, verse that I wanted to share that's also meant a lot to me uh, over these years is in Luke 6. And maybe you know this, but when you, when you listen to this and you think about what if the world would just live like this? That's that's. Uh, I think you know, we can have many opinions about uh, each other and uh, how we are in this world, but I would say that a good test on the quality of a man is how he treats his enemies. Everybody loves their friends, but how do you treat your enemy? Or do you even say hi to them? Or nay, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> or do you? Uh, you know, do you slander them when they're not listening or, or when they are listening? <laughs> mm -hmm. do, you, uh, uh, do you beat them up? Uh, would, you, would you give gifts to your enemy or, or withhold from your enemy? Would you, would you kill them? But this is what Jesus teaches on, on this. And he says, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. So th this teaching is like, uh, you know, wow. A person it, could live their whole life based on this. Yes. Yeah. What if we all, and you know, that was the question that I asked myself. 
that this man, he knows something that I don't know. He knows that if you hurt someone, yes, you hurt that person, but you really hurt yourself. When you hurt, when you slander someone, you hurt yourself because your being is not true anymore. So this is the teaching of Christ that we are all sinners. We all do so much evil and we hurt ourselves. So whenever I slander someone, whenever I lie, whenever I steal, whenever I, and I've done all those things. <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry, <laughs> but yes, and, and, but I don't want to, okay? And so uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, we have to make a choice who I want to be. And at that moment starts a, a change in a person. So who do you really want to be? Do you want to be uh, that kind of person? Nay, of course not. I want to, to be a person that is known for his love. When that is uh, my driving force, then something changes in me. So uh, what do I do? Well, I start telling the truth. Uh, you know, that before I became a Christian, um, or like we discussed before, I like to really say, Jesus didn't make even one Christian. He made mm -hmm. disciples. Mm -hmm. And the disciple is a student. It's another name for a student, someone who follows his teacher. So I would li like to be uh, th that, someone who follows him. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so mm -hmm. these are some, uh, some comments. <laughs> uh, the first words you said that you have to deny yourself mm. to what was the last part to like be closer to Jesus? Uh, you deny, yeah, it's funny, whoever wants to follow mm -hmm. has to deny themselves mm -hmm. daily, pick up their cross mm -hmm. and follow him. Yeah. One of the, I think the main ways you can deny yourself is like letting go of your ego and letting go of what makes you, mm -hmm. the, the human basic, basic human desires of chasing after yeah. like, whatever, like material gains, is it money, is it girls, is it fame, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think, uh, do you know what a yogi is? I don't know if, if it's mm -hmm. the direct translation or like there, there's a specific sect in Islam where a person who, who is like reaches the higher level of piety, they just give up everything, like their worldly possessions. Mm. And they just say, okay, now I'm the most closest to God because because I'm the furthest to this world. Mm. And one of the ways uh, I just like thought of that, that we deny ourselves is by fasting. Like mm. uh, we have it in Islam, you do as well, I know. And then what is fasting? It is basically denying your basic instincts, which mm -hmm. is yeah. eating or drinking water, which Absolutely. a human being cannot survive without those things. Mm. But for the sake of reaching this higher this higher level or this higher, whatever you may call it, I can't find the word, you need to deny your basic human instincts because those things, being hungry, being thirsty, or doing chasing after the worldly gains, that's only temporary because how long like a, a person lives, 80 mm. years, 70 years, that's mm. like nothing that, mm. that goes up so fast, mm. but that's temporary. And what God is asking for you, for you to do is not work for the temporary, work towards the permanent, which is the afterlife. Yeah. 
I'm making some sense like uh, no, no, yeah, no, I'm just speaking yeah, yeah. but, that, but this is true this is yeah. true absolutely and the, then the reason comes uh, you know <laughs> Jesus teaches whatever uh, you would like someone do to you you do that to them this is the summary of the Bible do to others as you would have them do to you mm. and uh, we in in our society today we live by a different rule we live by don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you and the difference is huge because one is passive and one is active so you can sit on a stone and not harm anyone mm -hmm. and you live by one rule but jesus makes it hard because he says no 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 being passive is not enough love cannot sit still if you see someone suffering if you sit still, that's, that's bad. Mm -hmm. You have to move. Mm -hmm. You have to go and help that person. <laughs> you cannot sit still. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Sense. So love is always, that's why Jesus says also, do to others, not don't do, not do to others. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, but um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a friend and he's kind of calls himself ag agnostic. I don't believe really agnostic because what is agnostic? Like if a person is agnostic, mm. that means they don't believe in a specific religion, but they believe in a higher power or God. But I mean, that higher power that they're believing in is a God, is a being. So agnostic, being agnostic is, doesn't make any sense. But he sees religion as choosing between different football teams. And he's like, oh, I don't care which football team I join. But it's not such a trivial thing that you can just like discard or like ignore. Like we are talking about like the purpose of life that like, of course, you can believe this world is only temporary and uh, I just want to do however much I can and make as much money as I can in these what you get like six, max 40 years that you can earn a lot of money or whatever. Uh, and then in my belief, that's like so trivial thing to think about that I'm trying to get my words together. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, but they, these are good. Mm. It's good. Then what really matters is, yeah, you have to focus on what really matters. Absolutely. Yeah. And then these things, money can come and go. When you're like 50 years old, you're a billionaire. When you're 80, you can't move. Mm -hmm. You can't get out of bed. What's the, what's the meaning of all that money that you have? Mm. The property that you own? You're gonna die at 80 years old. Someone else is gonna earn, inherit that property. Someone else is gonna have all that money that you had. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that really, th the really thing that matters, is what are you taking in your afterlife, or how are you preparing mm. for that? Yep. No, I, I totally agree with you. And <clears throat> this is the also interesting part, and this is where we, you and I, we we need to continue our conversation even after this because. Of course, the truth can only be one. Mm. Uh, there is there's one truth. There's many perspectives, but there's only one truth. Mm. Uh, so, well, well, whatever that truth is, uh, of course, I believe that uh, Jesus is the Son of God, that He is the Messiah. But what is interesting, I wanted to, uh, you know, there are two aspects uh, of Him. One that blew me away when I was studying the Bible. And when you look at Jesus' life, he lived every word that he said. There is, there is no difference. Whatever he taught, he did. Whatever he did, he taught. So he is the, when it's me, I'm a hypocrite. 
I'm sorry. I want to do good, but I find myself not doing it. Mm. I want to be this awesome person, but I find myself holding back and not going all the way. Mm. But, uh, but I want to. And, uh, and so I used to be very afraid, you know, afraid of being found out and afraid of not being loved for who I was. I was, a, uh, there was a, so much fear. And it, I, it was so, so much, I couldn't even see it. <laughs> but I became truthful only when I, in this process, I was studying with the guys I was uh, telling you about. So we were studying the Bible together. And in the Bible, uh, God says very clearly that man is afraid because of all the evil he has done. Mm. So he doesn't want to show it. So we, we prefer to have our skeletons in the uh, wardrobe, you know, mm -hmm. hidden, closed. Mm -hmm. And we don't open that door ever to anyone. Mm -hmm. And we don't even want to look at it ourselves because it's shameful. You know, what did I do? Mm -hmm. And when you do something that you're ashamed of, I you know as a young man, I had done many things that I was ashamed of. Everybody <laughs> has. <laughs> Everybody has. Yeah. But certainly I had. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been looking at things I shouldn't be looking at, you know, impure things, women, drugs, even uh, alcohol, uh, smoking, not much, but enough to say that was not good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, so I became truthful only when uh, we started to study what the, that the Bible says you have to confess your sins. You know that. That Christians, they should confess their sins. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to ask yourself, how many who, who, um, who believe in Jesus actually confess their sins mm -hmm. regularly? Um, and so that's what I started to do. And confessing your sins regularly to, to someone, not just, you know, in your prayer to God, because God already knows. You mm -hmm. don't confess to God. Mm -hmm. You confess to someone who don't know, mm -hmm. your friend who knows you. And it's, who can tell you, well, that was not very good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what did you do to your wife? Did you raise her voice? How did you treat her? Mm -hmm. No. Uh, and then your friend, because you agree that you want to be uh, following this, uh, this standard of the Bible, standard of Christ, mm -hmm. then your friend will say, so let's look at what the Bible says, what you just did or what you just said. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, I, then I will be grateful. Because I am blind to myself. I don't know if you uh, th thought about that, but uh, the truth, it has to start. There is a friend of mine. He's, he, it was so funny. It was just recently he said to me that um, as people, we have two, uh, we have different kinds of sins. And sin, according to the Bible, is uh, simply going against God's will. Mm -hmm. You can define it as that. Missing the target of God's will. Uh, so if if your target is to love like Christ, then whatever you do, that's not that you are sinning. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so he said that you know you have two kinds of hidden sin. Mm hmm. So one is very common. That's the sin that we all hide from one another. So maybe we did something that we're ashamed of. I'm not going to tell it to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So we hide it and we, we dig a grave to the sin and, and we're never going to open the box and we will die with it. Mm -hmm. 
maybe it was uh, you know an affair we had when we were married you know maybe idolatry um, maybe something we said about a friend that we are ashamed of we shouldn't have said but oh, you know uh, and uh, we hope that no one remembers <laughs> and so we hide those things and we bury them and like oh never going to think about it but then and so they, they become hidden sin but then there is another sin that's also hidden and that's the sin that is hidden from you hidden from yourself so you have one sin that you hide mm -hmm. but then there's a, a sin that is hidden from you basically maybe other people see it maybe not but um, uh, we are very good at looking at people and say oh this person is so and so so we judge each other. And so what, what, is, uh, what do I need to change? Um, it's probably quite easy for people to say, Eric is so-and-so. And they would probably be right. But I cannot see it because it's hidden from me. Okay, I understand. And so what I need, and this is where being a disciple is very good, uh, because what I need is someone else mm -hmm. to point it out to me because I'm blind to it. So I need you, Musa, to show me how I can be a better person. I need every, and I welcome everyone just to say, hey, and what I've decided is just I'm going to have the standard of this book in my life. So anyone using this book can come to me and say, Eric, you are really not living like you should. This is what the Bible says, and you claim to believe in this. Are you living this? And so I need... I desperately need because my 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 pride um, hides my sin from me so I cannot see it and then I think I'm okay but I am not okay yeah yeah, yeah. I understand <laughs> yeah and uh, so I need uh, f loving friends who, who tell me and and of course uh, we we have common friends that mm -hmm. do this mm. uh, and come to me and say Eric you know I have something to tell you. And then I have promised that, okay, when someone says that, I will stop everything and I will listen, not speak, because he has something valuable to tell me. That is a very brave thing to do, to open yourself up for other people's criticism and mm. just come up, because even like our human basic ego is, even if we're wrong, another person points out it's wrong, you're like, get defensive. No. It's painful. Uh, yeah, it's very painful. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's also brave on the other part because he knows that if he does that, yeah. then soon there will be a mirror. Mm -hmm. And he also, with that, he will welcome also me doing the same back. Mm. Uh, and so it's brave on both, apart, uh, both accounts, I would yeah. say. It's a good practice to uh, yeah. hold each other accountable yes. um, to higher, yes. higher standard. Yes, it's <laughs> yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And it's awesome. Uh -huh. I love it. Like growing up, like we are taught that Islam is like the word, like it's the last, like we, we, we uh, nobody can be a Muslim without loving Jesus Christ. Like, and Muslims, like I myself believe I follow Jesus Christ more than you do. You might have a different opinion based on your book and my book, but... I mean, uh, why I love Christianity, like in a way to research about and look into it because it's the closest thing that we have to, uh, it's the closest to uh, like Islam. Islam and Christianity are the most similar to each other. We probably have more similarities than we have differences. Uh, 
the biggest difference I would say is that you believe Jesus is the son of God and Jesus uh, is a part of God, the Trinity, whatever. But Muslims believe Jesus was a prophet and yeah, and then Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him, was the last prophet. And then I wanted to ask you if it's similar or different, like what's the criteria of someone going into hell or heaven? Because in Islam, I mean, there is a set criteria. If you do bad things, you will go to hell, obviously go to, and then, but the, how it is measured is if it's like a weighing scale, you know, there are like two weights on each scale. And if you have 50, for example, sins and 50 good deeds, uh, sorry, if it's like one is higher than the other, it's 51, 49, and the good deeds are better, then you'll go to paradise. But the thing is, in Islam, this God has structured it in such a way that if I do, if I speak lie or if I steal, that counts as one bad deed. That counts as one sin. But if I do a good deed, if I do charity, if I do speak the truth, that counts like ten times that. So God has structured the system in a way that people are. That's His mercy that people are more likely to go into paradise. And then so and the other thing is that people cannot. I think that's the big difference that what you just mentioned, you uh, hold each other accountable by telling if this is wrong or right, that's a good thing. But at the same time, uh, I believe that only God can judge us. Like even though if someone in their appearance, if they're like, if they're, if they're wearing a cross or if they're like speaking the truth and everyone being kind, doing charity, but then in their own, when they're at home, like maybe they're consuming some bad things or they're looking at some bad things or whatever. And the opposite is true as well. Someone could be doing something really bad, but at the same time in their home or like people, when the people don't see them, they're doing charity or whatever. There's a really famous story that there was a woman in the desert and she was a prostitute. And prostitute is like one of the biggest sins in any religion, I would say, right? So... And she lives in this desert and uh, there's a drought in the desert, like uh, there's very scarcity of water. And so she's super thirsty and she goes to a well. And I don't, I, I'm probably not describing the whole story like 100% well, I'm describing it as I remember. But the point is she finds water, like a tiny bit of water, but instead of drinking the water, she sees a thirsty dog and she gives the dog the water and just even though she's a prostitute, she lived all this life full of sin, doing just that one good deed made God accept her into heaven. So that's the ideology of like Islam is that people cannot judge you. If, like you don't know what one good deed, how it weighs against one bad deed because different deeds weigh differently. So what's the criteria of going into hell or heaven in, in your teaching? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, I would like to start from a different uh, point um, because in Christianity there is no scales. Mm -hmm. um, so there is no better or worse at all. Uh, if you did good, that's what you were expected to do. That's why God created you. If you did bad, now you're an enemy of God. Uh, so now, no, <laughs> and all the good in the world that you have done cannot weigh out that now you're an enemy of God. Mm. So let me give you an example. If you would murder someone, 
I'm not talking killing now because wars, wars, and mm. but if you murder, I think murder is in every culture wrong. Murder. Uh, so, uh, so if you murder someone, how would you ever be free from that? There is nothing good you can do, even if it counts ten times, or hundred times, or hundred thousand times. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do can uh, can make you free from being a murderer. Mm -hmm. You will always be a murderer, and you can pay the mother however much money you want, yeah. but it will not bring back her son, mm -hmm. or the father, for that matter. So, it's interesting perspective. Uh, but God says in the Bible that it doesn't matter. Uh, you cannot buy your way out of this one. Uh, there's no amount of good deeds that you can do to make you not guilty. What needs to happen is you need to be forgiven. Uh, and that's the mother or the father needs to say, you know, this is tough, but I'm going to forgive you. And then you will be free. But you'll still be guilty, but you're free. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the, the Bible story is how can we be forgiven? Mm -hmm. um, but there's nothing you can do to, uh, to earn forgiveness or pay your way out of debt. There is nothing. Uh -huh. And uh, so this is where Jesus is so important. Uh, but that's, that's, a, that's a big one. That's a big question. Mm -hmm. But I would say that that's, uh, we in people in general we, we think that okay you know that's why we also don't confess our sins because um, we uh, we realize that we now have to pay up uh, so much because we treat each other this way well if you did that and you know you should do this and this and this mm -hmm. to to w work up for it but uh, but uh, in Christianity there's a difference uh, God says to us that uh, okay if you are just honest with me here for a while and you say, okay, confess everything that you've ever done. Okay, that's hard. Um, but at least what you remember. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's say that. And then you're very honest and just say, you're never going to do that again. And with a very honest and uh, heartfelt remorse. Um, then now we can start talking. But there's still things that are expected from people, uh, from, from God's point of view. But I think the main, uh, this is a topic for itself, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and it's not so e easy. But I think the example of the murderer is the same. When you, when you are angry, you say things that you don't mean. What? How can you make it not said? Let's say you, you, you tell a lie. And now it's said, it's out in the air. Mm. You cannot bring it back however mm. much you try. And so now it's said, mm? maybe you can try and pay your way out of it. But people remember what you said. And God remembers too. Uh, so I think that there is no way uh, that you can pay your way out of it. And no good deed that you can do to be not guilty. You are guilty. Uh, so the only way is to be forgiven. But then you have to ask yourself, what is required to be forgiven? And forgiveness is a gift, but it requires some things, doesn't it? So if you don't want forgiveness, for instance, you will not be forgiven. So let's say that I'm this murderer again, <laughs> and I come to, to you as a father, and I say, you know, I'm sorry I killed your son, 
and then you would like to see some remorse, right? Mm -hmm. Are you even going to consider uh, forgiving me? But if I'm uh, maybe saving your family from a disaster, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but it has to be something huge. You have to earn your way towards. Well, yeah. well, actually not. That's the point. There is nothing you really can do. Maybe if you did something like that, but let's say that your family is poor and you, you are rich and you pay them a lot of money so they don't have to work, would, would that give your son back? No, it wouldn't. So, but, if you'd, uh, but let's say that I come to you, but I'm not even interested in your forgiveness. Will I get forgiveness? Not that, no way. If you're a good person, maybe you want to give it, but it's hard. But if I'm not even showing any signs of wanting your forgiveness, I'm not going to get it. Not at all. And I can do all the good I want over here. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This is not mm. solved. <laughs> so I think uh, this is a very important question that you bring up, actually. Um, and But also think about it this way. If I would be uh, idolaters to my wife, and you know that she, that she would feel it, you know? Even if I didn't tell her, mm. there's something changes in our relationship now. Yeah. I would change, because I'm afraid now that she would somehow mm. find out. And she would sense that I'm afraid of something. Mm -hmm. But then when she asks, I will not say. I will say I'm, I was afraid of something else. Mm. So she, she may buy it for a time. But, but then she knows there's something, something is not right. Mm. And um, so what if I t told her the truth then? I t you know, I did something really, really bad. Mm. And uh, I need your forgiveness. And then I say to her, you know, this, can you find it in yourself to forgive me? And uh, what is she looking for then? She's looking for that I really mean it, of course. But even then, it may not be true. It may not be certain. Uh, because uh, I hurt something very beautiful. And because I was selfish. So I think this, uh, this is really a uh, heart of a matter. When, mm. I, when I look at the, the world, uh, we are so prideful. Uh, we don't want to talk about our mistakes and sins. Mm. Uh, and if we don't talk about it, then we cannot be healed. Uh, and God has a way to heal us. And it's uh, through forgiveness. And, and uh, you cannot buy yourself out of it by any good no. deed, uh, however you count it. Um, so it's a very interesting discussion, mm -hmm. uh, but it ha it's very practical. Yeah, and in yeah. a real sense, the, the, the friendship, if we would have a, uh, you know, um, a conflict between us, there would have to be forgiveness for the relationship to be restored. Mm -hmm. And you cannot undone, undo what you have um, done wrong, but you can be forgiven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we take the same example of murder, like yeah. if we... Like human beings have designed a way to punish people. Like if a murder is murder, whether whatever reason is committed, but God only knows what was the reason that you committed the murder. Maybe, um, maybe you were forced. Like if you didn't commit the murder, maybe someone would el someone else would have killed you or your family. Or maybe you were just committing the murder because you're just a bad person. It could be any number of reasons. 
But is there ever a good murder? Is there ever a good lie? Is there ever a good slander? So these things are absolute. There is, you know, we it's say... It's not good, but sometimes you don't have a choice. No, you do. You always have a choice. And here's the difference between how we think. Uh, I believe that you hurt yourself when you sin. So when I murder someone, not only do I murder him, yeah, but yeah. I hurt myself. Mm-hmm. And when I lie, I lie to myself. Yeah. I may protect someone else, but I am lying. I'm hurting myself. Mm-hmm. And God sees that and he says, what are you doing? Are you going to be a true person or not a true person? So are you? Yeah. So that's the difference. I do not believe that there is one white lie. You can choose not to tell the truth, but do not lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you may be uh, hurting bad for that. Yeah, but at least you were true. You never lied. And so people go to war and, and do horrible things because they think they have to. Nobody has to do anything. It's our choice. And that's what Jesus calls us to, you know, love your enemy. Don't kill him. How can you, how can you, um, you know, love your enemy by cutting yeah, his head off? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no. But instead, if you, if you uh, win your enemy over, you know, by kindness mm. and, and uh, you know, being, bringing him gifts and, you know, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You know, people choose to be enemies anyway. Mm. <laughs> so it's not, but at least uh, you have to do what you can do. If you believe that uh, uh, you have a choice, uh, then, then live that choice. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 I understand. And like in Islam, there's like three criteria for like if you commit any sins. Mm. Of course, like you, as you mentioned, like if I kill someone's son and then I go to the father mm-hmm. and the father is 99% chance he's not going to for- forgive me. Sure. <laughs> but in God's eyes, like maybe I am like super 100% my intention is uh, like I, I, I accept what I did was wrong. Mm. And so in, there's like three criteria that you can find forgiveness through God is okay first you accept your mistake second you ask for forgiveness third is you promise to never do do that thing again mm-hmm. and then it's not like nobody knows if God is going to forgive you or not it's up to God if he does it or not but he says he will forgive you mm-hmm. so so but you said that I guess what I'm trying to ask is if you do that, if you like, if mm-hmm. I, for example, the father forgives you mm-hmm. for the murder mm-hmm. and you ask for God, mm-hmm. will God forgive that sin or will you still be punished? That's a very good question. <laughs> because when we sin against each other, uh, we also sin against God. Because I did not only murder, you said kill, but did you mean murder? Yeah, murder. Let, so let's take that uh, because it's a great example. Mm-hmm. So if I murder someone, I did not only murder uh, his uh, um, his father's son. Mm-hmm. I also murdered God's son, mm-hmm. because every person on this planet is a child of God. Not only one, everyone accepts it, yeah, but yeah. but they are children mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. Um, and uh, so. God is calling out, if you are a son of God, then live like son of God. Mm -hmm. But uh, if I murder someone, uh, 
then I murder a child of God. So mm -hmm. I have to ask forgiveness not only from his father and mother and his brothers and sisters and all his friends, mm -hmm. <laughs> but also from God. Yeah. And only God truly forgives. Mm -hmm. um, and um, then I will ask you uh, a question. Um, because this also has to do with justice. Um, so um, it is important, I think, and uh, that um, that God is a just God. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. So it's. I think it's even part of God that He is just. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> what what is more uh, just than than equal for equal? Mm -hmm. You know, if you take. You know, an eye for an eye. An eye for an eye. Or even if you if you steal my bicycle, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I should have yours, <laughs> shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. And it should be the same. And it should be as old or new. Or, mm -hmm. or maybe it's, I should have a little bit more because it was my bicycle. Yeah. Even like you break my grandma's vase, you know, mm -hmm. and you give me one exactly like it. Mm -hmm. But that's not my grandmother's vase. Mm -hmm. And even if you glue it all together, but now it's a broken grandma's face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so maybe justice is more than eye for an eye. Maybe I should pay a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just yeah, yeah, putting yeah. it out no, there. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 But but uh, at least uh, equal for equal. Mm -hmm. That would be just. Mm -hmm. So how can you know justice in the world exist yeah. when forgiveness is there? Because forgiveness is saying justice. We'll take justice out of the picture. Mm. So how is God just when he forgives? Yeah, we believe that God is the most merciful, but also he is the most just. Mm -hmm. I so, guess uh, then it comes like, then that's the question that, okay, if you commit murder, yeah. in he, like in, in this world, you are going to get punished according to the human law, whatever it is. If you're found out. Yeah, yeah. And then it's up to God because I, I guess human beings cannot decide if God is going to forgive that person or not. It's up to God. Yep. Yeah. It's up to God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's also up to that person. Now, it's interesting that I just wanted to bring to our attention that if you forgive someone, you actually take justice out of the picture. But you cannot take justice out of the picture. Justice still has to happen. Yeah. And this is where Christianity and uh, Islam and all other religions differ. This is the number one point where, um, where we differ. And, and uh, that's something we can talk about sometime. Mm -hmm. How can we be forgiven without disturbing the justice of God? Because justice still has to be. Mm -hmm. If God is just, Mm -hmm. then there should be an eye for an eye. Mm -hmm. So how can you, you know... <laughs> Maybe the justice part is you being punished in this world. Well, not everyone gets punished in this world. Some people get away with what they do. Don't you, haven't you gotten away with things? Yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, in a war, there's so much uh, evil done in a war. Mm -hmm. And then some people die in the war. And they were just, you know, they were not even soldiers. So how, how can justice be done to them? But uh, so it has to be more than this world for justice yeah. to be 
uh, be there. Yeah. But it's very maybe, interesting. Maybe there is an answer. I'm not uh, like an expert in Islam uh, or whatever. I'm just <laughs> telling yeah. you from my knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but it's what interesting. you're saying, yeah, it makes sense. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I like to ask these questions and uh, yeah. talk about these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's excellent. Important. Yeah. But I, but I think uh, one of the greatest things that. Uh, uh, that really brought me to Jesus was uh, uh, was how do you treat your enemies? Mm-hmm. Uh, so love your enemy. In the in New Testament, uh, one of his followers, he said, um, "Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good." That's a, such a good um, uh, phrase. You know, when evil comes at you, and you know when it comes, uh, you you're tempted, or or. Uh, you know, someone is treating you um, uh, with impatience. You know, come on, Musa, come on. Just, what, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, I find it so hard uh, to to be patient with someone who is impatient. Yeah, yeah. You want to give back mm-hmm. eye for an eye. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be impatient with me, I'm going to be right impatient with you. Mm-hmm. If you hit me, I'm going to hit you right back. But Jesus says, no. If you do that, you just show that you are just like that man. There is no difference between the two of you. You are not better. Who are you? So how dare you think that you are better if you treat him the way, even when you think it's wrong? (laughs) And you do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we are... We are people. It's it's hard to mm-hmm. it's hard to love, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that also reminds me of this instant where uh, there's this story in the Bible that uh, Jesus went somewhere to preach, mm-hmm. and then the people over there started hitting him or whatever, and then he said to God, "God forgive them because they mm. do not know." Mm. And it's a very like similar situation that happened with the prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, where he went to this. Uh, another city to like preach to these people mm. and then they started hitting like throwing rocks at him and then angel uh, gabriel came to him and he said god has given you the power you just say the word and i will kill this whole village mm. and, and then prophet muhammad peace be upon him said this similar thing to jesus that i forgive them because they do not know mm. that what i'm preaching mm. and that's the same thing that if you he, he had the choice to did what like an eye for an eye like uh treat mm. the enemy like they were treating him mm. but then because jesus peace be upon him and muhammad peace be upon him were like prophets and they knew what was the correct or the right thing to do what the righteous thing to do they took the path of forgiveness rather than even mm. though if they i'm guessing even if they like uh treated them the other way for like attack back on them god probably would have forgive, forgiven them because they're doing it in their self-defense, but they did it uh, to follow, like to follow God, to be a better person, and to treat their. So enemy. can I? I I would like to ask you a question at this point. Uh, can a man? Is it correct from God's point of view for a man to hurt another being to protect himself? I think so, because like your body is not your body. It's God. You like God has given it to you, and you have to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And you cannot deny there is evil and bad people out there, and so if you cannot, if you do not stop that evil, mm-hmm. then that's not good. You know, you cannot evil. But how do you stop evil then? In, in this, in this case, if someone is attacking you, mm-hmm. then 
yeah, that's an evil act, and you have to stop that evil act by attacking them or like being defending defending yourself. But doesn't that make you evil too? Depends on why are they attacking me. Does it? How is that evil? I'm just, I didn't I didn't have the intention of attacking them first. They attacked me. Mm-hmm. Am I just if like someone comes to my house and starts attacking my family? Am I just supposed to hey? I'm not gonna do anything. If I do, if I hit you back, I'm evil. I'm a sinner. That uh, I mean, in my case, in my head, that's not what reality is. So, uh, just as an example, so uh, with the family is one example. But if you yourself, mm. uh, if someone is attacking you for whatever reason, don't you think that if you now hurt him back, it makes you like him? No, because he's going out mm-hmm. with the intention of hurting me. Yeah, I'm going out with the intention of defending myself, and in the act of defending myself, I'm hurting him because I have no other choice. But you have a choice always. What's the choice? Just being killed. Yeah, you have. Um, uh, think about uh, you know, uh, do you have children? But uh, I have three boys. Do you think that they have ever hit me? No. They have. Okay. <laughs> but they were small. Oh, yeah, that, in that way, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, what do I do? I take it because I can. Yeah. And, and God calls us all to take it. Mm. And in this way, you are not becoming like them. If you defend yourself, you become like them. You are no better again. You are no better. And as a Christian... I can say that that's not a problem. I am ready to die because I believe in heaven. Mm. I believe I'm going to home to God. Mm. I don't have to stay on this planet. Mm. It's nice to be here, but I don't have to be here. Mm. So if I die, then I'm going to say, hallelujah, God, here I come. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. It's no, no problem for me. Um, now, who knows when it happens, mm. will I do this? Mm. But, you know, when I do... When I hurt someone, even when they are hurting me, I'm becoming like them. And that's why Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When they were hurting him, actually when they were crucifying him. So they put the nails in, mm-hmm. putting up there, and they were all, you know, just... Uh, tormenting him with words mm. and everything and now oh, he thinks he is something now you come down there from there if you can mm. um, but but he said father forgive them they don't know what they're doing mm. and and so he was fight and that were that was for the, uh, a few centuries that was the christian heart people were persecuted so heavy uh, just like uh, jesus was and they responded in the same way. If you got to kill us, then kill us. Mm. But you cannot take my faith away from me because I'm just going home. But if you want to be evil, but I am not going to hurt you. Mm. And, and uh, that's, that's the heart that I uh, want to follow. I want to be like that. I understand that if I'm going to defend myself, my opponent will say, see, he's also evil. Mm. <laughs> And so the only thing I can do is to prove to him that, hey, if you have to do this, if I can run, you know, I will run. (laughs) But if I cannot run, then 
There it is. Mm. That I will not hurt you back. I will not speak ill about you. I will not speak evil about you. I will not say bad things about you, even if you do this. Because then I become like evil. And it's not even saying that I become like you. No, that's not the point. I become like evil itself. Because evil wants to hurt. And evil wants to protect itself too. No, that's what evil wants. But love says, hey, I'll be happy to give to you. Happy to give to my children, even when they are, you know, <laughs> not treating me well. And, and that's fine. That's okay. One day they will grow up and, and find that, wow, why did I do that? <laughs> it's fine. Don't even talk about it. <laughs> okay, now I have two questions. Mm. So one thing is that what if they're attacking your children? Would you stop someone? And if you are, then how can you justify, oh, uh, how can you justify saving someone else when you can't even save, defend your own self? So the way I worked out that question in my mind is that I'm, it's still not okay to hurt someone for saving someone else. Because again, you become evil. You become evil. So, but what I would do, I would, if I can, I would stand in the middle mm -hmm. and say, hey, you, you can hurt me, mm -hmm. but don't hurt them. Maybe they will listen, maybe they won't, but I will do everything I can, mm -hmm. but I will not do evil. Okay. Um, I forgot my second question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's... Uh, okay, I can't remember. Yeah. But anyways, okay, uh, I wanted to also ask you, um, so when you became a disciple of Jesus, uh, I would imagine that would you would have to become far more disciplined in your practices. You had to change your whole lifestyle if you were like smoking or whatever, and then you, you had to become super disciplined. <laughs> how was that like and how... Mm -hmm. How did you manage that? Was it easy? Was it hard? What did you do to hold yourself accountable to that higher standard? Yeah, ah, that's a very good question. Um, I, I need other people in my life uh, because maybe on the outside, you know, I was going to med school. I was doing my studies. It looked good. But on the inside, how was my soul doing? Mm -hmm. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of hatred. So I, I needed to pray. And I didn't even know all the things that I needed to change. And it's, this is still the case. Mm -hmm. So I want to seek God uh, with all my heart today uh, because I'm not done. Uh, so I have the same needs, hopefully at another level, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, as I did then. But uh, of course, uh, I didn't like smoking anyway. <laughs> mm. I didn't like getting drunk anyways. Yeah. So it was not for me. But I had f my fantasies, uh, and um, those needed to stop. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, different impurities, those needed to stop. And, and I, ne I needed help with that, mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think uh, even, you know, as a... As a Christian, Jesus, uh, he, when he made disciples, he called others, leave your life and follow, he says. Mm -hmm. you know, Why are you living this way? So now uh, when I'm a disciple, I also do the same. I also say to people, hey, why are you living this life mm -hmm. when you can have this awesome, fantastic life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, when you, when you know that you don't hurt anyone, 
and you know that you're not going to do it, mm. it brings peace. Yeah. There's a peace there that's beyond understanding. And when you are honest and true, and you don't have any hidden skeletons in your closet because you already shared them with mm -hmm. everyone, my dad used to say, Eric, be careful what you tell them because they will use it against you. Mm -hmm. But what I discovered was a deep secret that um, God, God's commands are always good, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so when I confess my sins, they cannot hurt me anymore because they're out there, they're mm -hmm. open. Mm -hmm. It's okay, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, you can talk about my sins as much as you like, mm -hmm. but they cannot hurt me anymore. Mm -hmm. It's only when I don't, uh, when mm -hmm. I'm not open about it, mm -hmm. then they can hurt me mm -hmm. because I'm trying to protect them and, and nobody sees them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so peace, uh, I think, uh, you know, people are looking for happiness, but uh, I think what many are actually looking for is peace. Yeah, and, I agree. And for that, we need to repent and do the right thing and have the right purpose in life mm -hmm. and also be very true mm -hmm. honest i can relate to it in a way that what you said about being open about your your past or your life whatever you did good or bad i mm. can relate to it in a way when i was like uh, i was hiding so much of my insecurities my social anxiety i have depression i had suicidal thoughts and i still do mm. and i used to like kind of bury it up inside me not tell anyone mm. and what would people think of me am i weak or whatever it is yep. am i but then once i became started to speak openly about it to my friends and i even brought it up in this mm. podcast then mm. it is uh what you say it is peaceful mm. once you put out everything mm -hmm. and yeah and you are so true yeah and you uh, become you're yeah. becoming true to yourself uh -huh. you you're not just even though those are bad things, they're still part of yourself. And you, once, if you just bury them or ignore them, they're not going to go away. They're still going to be part of yourself. Mm. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a big part of me, but I have had those thoughts as well. You know, what if? But, but uh, now that uh, when I became a Christian, I didn't have to have those thoughts anymore um, because it changed my way of thinking mm. altogether. Uh, so now I have purpose and, and I know what God wants and I know what I want. Yeah. So I don't have to think those things uh, anymore. Um, but but you're absolutely right. I think there's a, a lot of freedom, but you know why people go to, to lie on the carpet and talk to a, psych a psychiatrist <laughs> and, you know, a psychologist. <coughs> it's to, to be, to dare to go to the inner rooms that you dare not to go. Uh, but there's some elements missing there. Uh, for instance, telling about it, does it change your life? And it's not necessarily so. So the healing comes from also saying no mm -hmm. and do something else. And what is that else? We should be focused on sacrificing ourselves for each other. And uh, that if you are together with people who do that, you become a family with one purpose and to make this world a better place. And I think this world needs to be a better place. Definitely. <laughs> okay, one last question I want to ask you. What's the Christian te teaching about suicide? Suicide? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, uh, you cannot kill any uh, God's, uh, you know, 
cannot murder any uh, live being. That's, that would just be wrong. That mm -hmm. includes yourself. Okay. So that's a sin. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, it's really not, it's disobeying God, but it's also not trusting God. Why would you kill yourself? God has something in f uh, for you. You just don't see it now. So, but when, so that's what we lack. I think m many people are depressed today because of loneliness and because of lack of meaning, lack of company mm -hmm. and not being loved. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so we think that maybe it's better if I didn't exist and I wouldn't mm -hmm. have so much trouble and pain. But, but uh, God is just waiting f and calling from heaven. Hello, mm -hmm. <laughs> do you want to listen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have something fantastic for you in store. But you have to start listening to someone else than yourself. And a, a depressed person is listening to himself too much. You need to go out of yourself yeah, yeah. and listen to someone who can heal you. I believe Jesus is that healer. Um, because he gives us direction and reason uh, why. But um, yeah, so, so suicide, uh, not good. And uh, I think in the heart of it is self-pity, but self-pity uh, hinders you to love. Mm. You, you are too concentrated about yourself. Life is not about you, life is about other people. Life is about God and loving him and being thankful for everything he has done for us and being thankful for whatever we can do to others here in this life. Yeah, I agree. Like a, a big reason a, a person would want to commit suicide is that they don't feel loved. And maybe they're seeking attention. Maybe they don't love themselves because they did something in the past. Maybe yeah. they don't have proper friends mm -hmm. or family that they'll, that love them. Mm -hmm. But once you accept God and God is the all loving and I mean, us human beings cannot comprehend how much God loves us. Mm -hmm. That's like a different kind of love than us yep. human beings express to each totally, other. Totally. And once you, mm. uh, you're true that it's a very healing power that once you believe mm. in like, okay, God actually loves me so much mm -hmm. and you don't care about if other people love you or not, you focus on that relationship, then uh, that's a really powerful like a healing tool you can use. Yeah. It's interesting what you said there, it's very true. Um, I thought I needed love. And God said, Eric, you don't need love. I love you. You have it already. Now what you need is to start loving. Mm -hmm. So I was a very selfish person and I wanted other people's love. Uh, but God says to me, no, don't, don't mind that anymore. It's not mm -hmm. about you. Instead, you start to love. And this is healing too. When you start to do good, you become healed. Mm -hmm. Just, you know how it is on, on Christmas or, or when a friend has a birthday, you give them a gift. And of course, you don't expect anything back because it's their birthday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you give just because you love. Yeah. And it, somehow that even makes, makes you happy, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. At peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting how it works. You I give? Really, yeah, I really believe in that philosophy. Sometimes. Ma making other people happy is is better for you than making yourself happy. You become when you're helping other people and then seeing them happy, it makes you even more happier. Mm. So we are mistaken. We think that by getting things, we will be happy. Mm. But God says, no, it's by giving things that you will be happy. Mm. 
And so that's love. So love gives, but selfishness wants to have. <laughs> well, I'm being selfish. I want to have you again on this podcast. <laughs> it was really fun. It was really fun. Thank you so much for yeah, the honor really of being here. Yeah, me too. Thank me you. Too. Thank you for listening. Peace be upon you all. 